Are you going to see the new Batman? Hopefully. You think in waiting for it to be uh, released digitally? Probably. I don't think, yeah. I'm not going to go see it in the theater. I thought about taking the kids to go see it this uh, this past weekend. We just didn't get to it. But I went online and I saw that it was PG-13. I was like, yeah, we could probably do that. Me and the, the older two. That's interesting. Let's yeah. not be really dark. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's the thing though, right? Is that that kind of sways your opinion of a movie mm-hmm. before. Not that it needs to be, I mean, you know, Deadpool was rated R for reasons and Logan <laughs> was rated R for different reasons. Yeah. So, I don't know. It could still be good. What were the the Bale Batman movies? Were those PG-13? That's a good question. They, gonna, probab- they probably were because I can't really think of anything besides... You know, a little bit of there was. They weren't even that gory, but right there was some death. The Dark Knight was PG thirteen, mm-hmm. so it it can still be. They want kids to go. Yeah, I think they do. Which makes sense. Does that? I mean, does that boil down to f bombs and <clears throat> sexual content? Do yeah, you think which which they're going to be light on probably and things like that. Yeah, you know. So full disclosure, as you now know, neither of us have watched the latest Batman movie. So um, we are going to spend an episode of B-Side talking about Batman soundtracks, but we're not there on the <laughs> on the new one yet. <laughs> so we probably could have uh, done a little bit more, but what are you going to do? Maybe. Am I right? Probably. I'm looking at some of these, and I'm kind of excited to talk about them. Also, I told you the other day <clears throat> that I watched Batman Forever. With I, my kids. Yeah. Did you did you watch any of the other ones? Uh not recently. Okay. I'm I mean recent enough. I've seen the Bale ones recent enough right. that I know what's going on. Yes. But um but no. Uh I I am kind of excited to watch the the train wreck that is Batman and Robin. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll we'll get there. Yeah, that one uh ooh, that one fell apart. Yeah. So where do you where do you want to start? Should we just talk about Batman in general? Well, that's, or what? Yeah, I mean, where you know, I was thinking more about I guess what popped into my head was when I when I knew this new Batman movie was coming out. Uh of course we've been hearing about it for months and months and months, but uh when I knew it was coming out, I started thinking, I went back to the summer of 1989 when by my first real six string. Right. <laughs> For me, it was 89, not 69. I know. But I started thinking about like how that was really the summer of Batman. Yeah. I mean, it was everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? How old old were you? Well, so in 89, I would have been, what, seven? But yeah. yeah, So it was interesting for me because I didn't, obviously, when you're seven, you don't pay attention to the news. Yeah. So as I got older and things like TV shows and podcasts and they would talk about the 89 Batman yeah. and I just knew that I loved it. Yeah. Um, I had the VHS tape as soon as it was available. Mm-hmm. And I want to say I had some games too, like maybe even the Nite- Nintendo game okay. when that came out. But I didn't know at the time. I just took it for granted that Michael Keaton was Batman. Yeah. And I didn't know that people were weird about it. Before the movie opened, right. were, were you aware of that? No. Yeah. But I did at that time. I was 11 and yeah. I did think, oh, Michael Keaton. Like it didn't quite, mm. it didn't quite add up for me. 
Because I had known Michael Keaton from Mr. Mom. Yeah. And I knew that one. Gosh, as well. what else had he been in up to that point? Uh, had Johnny Dangerously already happened? Probably. Uh, Night Shift had happened. Yeah. Um, you know, he'd been in some other things, but I always thought of him as a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I have to admit, I think when I first heard about it before I saw the film, I was like, nah, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I I didn't even I didn't even get that. I just got like I thought this dude is Batman. Yeah. Like I I watched him as Batman before sure. I even remember seeing Adam West. Okay. Okay. So, so that's you're coming from a completely different place yes. than me. Yes. Because I grew up watching the old 60s TV show. Mm-hmm. And Batman to me was a more cartoonish thing, right? It was yeah. the boom pow and yeah. and the graphics and uh he was wearing you know, the blue gray outfit with like these little skimpy, silky underwear right. and shit. The costume was totally different. He no, had, it was, you know? And so then when we're getting, when we're finding out that it's going in this direction and we're going to get a movie. Yeah. Um, that's going to be like this new iteration of him. Yeah. The costume's all black and he's got muscles on him mm-hmm. and, you know, it was just, I just remember it being everywhere all of a sudden. Yeah. It was like my Happy Meal had stuff in it, you know, or whatever fast food restaurant we were going to had cups or souvenirs with it. There, it was plastered everywhere. The bat signal was everywhere. It was mm-hmm. on hats, it was on all this apparel you could buy. Uh, $750 million is what they spent on marketing for this movie. Now, million now is like, you get 10 of your friends together, you take them out for some food, maybe a couple belts. It's crazy. $750 million doesn't go very far now. Jeez. Uh, But but back then, it was like, I mean, in 1989, okay, so $750 million is a lot of money. Okay, it's a lot. (laughs) But back then, it went even further. Right. And it was, I mean, it showed. If if I think back to, to those times, it was like, Every commercial, there were all these sweepstakes and contests they had. I mean, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. They just totally saturated the marketplace I with it. I do remember seeing the commercials. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing the merch. For some reason, I saw more of the... This is the theme, by the way, Yeah, from uh, 89 Batman. That was Danny Elfman's theme. Started off a little loud, but uh, that's the way I like it. Um. I ended up getting more of the stuff from Batman Returns. Okay. Probably because the first movie, you know, I did, it just reeled me in. I I was hooked. Yeah. You know, this is this is Batman. It's right. and and so I was on board. So I wanted to snatch up as much stuff as I could from Batman Returns. Yeah. And so I I did. Like I still have some of the the fucking big gulp cups that you could get from places and um and then yeah over over here i got some of the action figures and Mm -hmm. i had penguin and batman but i didn't have catwoman for years and now finally like five years ago i went to an auction where they had catwoman so i finally fucking got it but uh yeah man i i watched the shit out of that movie yeah so did so then you weren't old enough to go see it in the theater no okay you know for me Surprisingly, for as much as I love movies, I rarely ever went to the theater mm-hmm. until I was in probably high school. Okay. And I was able to drive my Take own yourself. ass to the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So I didn't I didn't have a lot of 
theater going ex- experience. So I'm really jealous of the people that say that they saw movies in the theater that right. that came out when I was you know under 15 yeah or whatever right and so that's kind of a bummer but yeah. um but yeah I wish I had more of the the merch and yeah. uh stuff that came from the 89 yeah Batman I got the VHS as well yeah. and wore it down and sadly <laughs> I watched it on like a fucking 14 inch TV. Oh yeah. Same here. Oh my gosh, man. I, I wore that thing out. I watched it over and over and over again. Yeah. For me, it was Batman and my sister had pretty woman and she watched the shit out of that one, but <laughs> it was always Batman for me. I watched, I watched it so many times. That movie was so dark, mm. literally and figuratively, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like it was filmed <laughs> so, so darkly, but it just made it so cool and ominous and going from where Batman had been before mm-hmm. and what he looked like, this just seems so much more cool. Yeah. Like it was so cool to like Batman now because he was this dark, he was the dark knight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do remember, um, the soundtrack, you know, coming out and they were like, yeah, it's Prince. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like the, here we are. Like the purple rain guy. Like what? <laughs> Like it didn't, it didn't even register with me that that would, that that would even make sense. And then I think I really didn't, it really didn't register with me until afterward, because even during the movie, when I saw it, I don't recall thinking like, oh yeah, this is Prince. I was just so like enamored with what Mm -hmm. was happening, you know, what was happening in, in the film. So even when party man and trust happened, it just didn't register with me that that was Prince. Until like subsequent watches, you know? Yeah. What do you think of the Batman soundtrack? Like, what's your opinion of that album? I love it. Yeah. So, like, I remember having a, um, as, as soon as I could, um, I forget what type of phone it was. It wasn't a Nokia, but it was like this weird fucking like matrix looking thing where you push a button and the bottom comes out. Oh, yeah. And um, and that that was the first phone that I could make my own ringtones. Uh-huh. And for years, and it passed on to other phones. And I don't know why I never put it on an iPhone once I got one. But um, whenever my phone would ring, you would you would hear, "Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds." <laughs> Lawrence, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my ringtone wherever I would go. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's not like. It's not my favorite Prince album by any stretch, you know, like yeah. I like plenty of other Prince albums, but there's definitely an association just because of its attachment to the film Yeah, where I'm just like, you know, I, I really, I really do like those songs. And even the ballad arms of Orion with Sheena Easton mm. that he sings, you know, um, there's some other like pretty decent Prince songs on yeah. there, you know, just besides the ones that are in the film. Can I, can I play the real thing? Of course. So people don't just have to yeah, yeah. hear me. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. And of course, <laughs> if you weren't a hardcore Batman fan, you had no idea what the fu- fuck my phone was talking about. Right. It was but also the intro to this song sounds just like um, 1999. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So it definitely has, it gives you that Prince vibe right off the bat, which is kind of cool. I don't know... I mean, you know, not all of them are going to be killers, but it's such good music. 
Yeah. And it's so funny that it's geared like, you know, uh, songs about Vicky and uh, and how they incorporated all of the, not all of the, but a bunch of sounds from the movie. Yes, like of the of the actors, you know, yeah. doing their lines. Well, in the especially movie. in Bat Dance. Oh my God! Because right? yes. that's just basically. Yeah, we'll like, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. But <laughs> it's just so you know. A lot of times you would have a soundtrack. Most times you'd have a soundtrack. They would take existing songs, or they would reach out to uh, take take for example, um, Back to the Future. Yeah, Huey Lewis in the news. It just so happened that he was writing Power of Love. It, it like it had nothing to do with Back to the Future, but however, they were able to come up with a song called "Back in Time," yeah, and and make that work for the movie exclusively, right? But yeah, I mean the fact that this is just so Prince and so Batman right. <laughs> at the same time, and and it's it's so specific to this movie, right? It you know, I think that we're just used to it. But when you step back and look at it for what it is, it's hilarious and it's so crazy that it ever. <laughs> it's really weird. It, 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 yeah, it's just this like melting pot of all this pop culture and all these like famous people that you're like, how yeah. did these people end up together? <laughs> there's so much. There's a lot we need to untangle here. I have. Yeah. Some, I have some things we have to talk about. All right. Really, really quick here. So first of all, did you read that article that I sent you from the Ringer? Uh Oh, I, I did not. Okay. I, I didn't. I wanted to. I just got caught up in all my crap. So here's a bit about that that I'll extract because I think it's kind of important to what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Prince was and his record, his record company and his manager, they were his manager more specifically was like, look, Prince, you're really prolific. You put out <laughs> music all the time. Mm-hmm. You could put out another album right now if you wanted to. He had just released Love Sexy the year prior. And he was like, well, I guess I'll just, he was always recording. And so sometimes he would be like, well, that'll be an album. And then mm-hmm. sometimes he would be like, no, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> just put it in the vault. You know, like that happened a lot. Yeah. But apparently his manager said to him, why don't we try to find something where we can get you more exposure and not just put out a regular album? Because if we do a regular album, here's what happens with the record company. It's going to take him two years, really to soak, let it soak into the public and really promote it and get it out there to people and release some singles here and there. So why don't we, instead of doing something like that, and that's time consuming, Mm -hmm. why don't we try to find some project where we can release your music and get it out there, but it's not, it's something that'll appeal more to the masses. Yeah. And holy shit, they landed on like the biggest summer blockbuster movie, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And, And so they found out Tim Burton was a fan And, uh, they basically were like, well, you know, Prince had a meeting with Danny Elfman and Tim Burton and, uh, Danny Elfman was like, well, this is kind of what we had in mind for the score. And Prince is like, you know, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to mess with that because this is what you have in place for all of this. So they ultimately came to an agreement where they're like, Prince, you just watch the movie and then you make music that inspire that you're inspired by after watching it. Yeah. And so that's how the soundtrack came about. He just watched the movie, uh, probably more than once, you know, and then was just like, this is what I have. This is my reaction to this, mm-hmm. basically. So that was ultimately like what his soundtrack was. Can, can I read an excerpt from yes. the article? Sure. 
It says the involvement of Prince, who as a kid used to play the theme to the 60s Batman television show mm-hmm. on the piano, underscored that fact. But it wasn't just a purple cherry on a blockbuster Sunday. The album he made to accompany Batman helped turn a summer extravaganza into a slow-burning phenomenon. Yeah, it did. Though it bore little resemblance to a typical tentpole soundtrack, the record spent six weeks atop the Billboard chart. The lead single, Bat Dance, is a six-minute mashup of various song parts and lines of dialogue sampled from the movie. It was Prince's first number one single since 1986's Kiss. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Yes. But, you know, there's just so many, like like Nicholson and, and how Prince went to the set and got to meet him. And I think he met Keaton briefly. He dated Kim Basinger. Yeah. I forgot about that. They dated for a while. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, apparently there is a version out there of scandalous called the scandalous sex suite. Mm. That is longer. And legend has it that this is going to get a little blue that apparently <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Yes. With this. <laughs> apparently uh, that Kim and Prince were in the recording booth together and maybe some of their amorous noises were recorded on this particular version of scandalous. So the clean version of scandalous is on the soundtrack, but apparently there is a maybe not so clean version. <laughs> it's got to be out there somewhere, right? It's out there. Somewhere. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's play. We're going to keep talking, but because we brought up bat dance, let's play a minute of that. Oh, I got a live one here. I love the idea of hearing that on the radio and I went like it's for stuff like this that I wish that I would have been a little bit older yeah to just appreciate the whole situation yeah and how it went down because hearing especially we've talked about him before but Kevin Smith yeah kind of re recount everything that happened around that time and how he even was like Keaton get the fuck out like why why would we get this fucking comedian yes to be batman at and the nobody time, took him seriously it didn't make sense yeah. at the time it really didn't and now i look back on it and i'm like i liked bale but keaton's probably my favorite batman <laughs> he is my you favorite know? batman yeah. so yeah but at the time it was like it just it didn't quite add up mm-hmm. so in retrospect i guess we were wrong but and i'm glad but um yeah so then you know on top of this like incredibly cool soundtrack and you have Prince involved and all of these actors and Tim Burton doing Tim Burton things. Yeah. You know, what's funny, just, uh, just a side note. Yeah. Looking back and how Tim Burton directs and whatever, like I totally took that for granted as a kid. I had no idea 
Like, I just thought that this was the new Batman world. I didn't right. even think about directors. Of course. So anyway, continue. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it, it, no, that's another thing that I didn't think about until much later yeah. when I saw other Tim Burton movies. And I'm like, oh, how did this come together? Like, I know, right? Like, how did he even relate to these actors? And I, I just didn't seem so <laughs> well, we were We were talking just maybe even last night via text. And we were talking about Batman Returns. And saying how it's almost a little too Tim Burton. It, it is. It, it <laughs> and is. I said it was more Tim Burton than it was Batman. <laughs> yeah. There's some cool scenes in that movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, yeah, it goes a little too, a little too Burton. But yep. in the first film on top of the soundtrack, I don't want to discount uh, the awesome Danny Elfman score because it is freaking amazing. So good. So And to, to kick off the movie. Mm-hmm. Like with the following the emblem around, oh, man, it's fucking genius. It's just yes, I just every time I, that movie starts, it's like I'm not bored. Like I'm, yeah. I'm loving the script that they're using for all the characters and everything, and the way that they finally get to the to the emblem. It's so mm-hmm. great. But yeah, his score throughout the film is just awesome. The funny stuff he does with like the circusy kind of music when the Joker's being a goofball and doing his, his whole thing. Yeah. And things like that. I mean, so that would have been waltz of death. I think right? so. I think so. Let's do it. Oh man. I've been like, I've been so wanting to go back and watch these movies, oh but I'm waiting. Like I knew that we were going to talk about Batman. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I watched Batman Forever, which we'll get to that. Yeah. But I just hadn't seen it in so long. But I have anybody that listens to the other podcast knows that I have a fucking Lego Batmobile that I want to put together. <laughs> but right but when I'm finishing it, I want to be watching yeah. the 89 Batman. So I'm not watching it yet. We just watched it last night. Oh, so it's super man. fresh in my memory. But <sighs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> so it's like. I know. Just just all of this is so great. I mean, there's so many moments of this movie that are fantastic. And this whole scene at the end is uh is terrific. Nicholson yeah. just nailed it and uh and so did everybody else. But there's one other thing that stands out in my mind whenever I think about Batman eighty nine, and then we can move on and talk about some of the other ones if sure. you want. But um when I was eleven years old, I was watching a lot of MTV. Mm. And they had a contest where you could win the Batmobile. You you had to write in and you would Whoa. get to win a version of the Batmobile, obviously. What? It wasn't probably it wasn't probably the exact one they were Yeah, using, right. But it was a version of the Batmobile, and I can't remember what it was called now. But I was watching MTV. This is like peak MTV time for me. And it's totally like uh, like shaping what I'm listening to as far as music goes. And I was seeing these commercials come on repeatedly on MTV and I was convinced that I was going to win this contest. All right. Can we hear the commercial? Let's do it. Gotham city. It's not a pretty town. So what? It's not a pretty story. The Batmobile. Eight feet wide. 21 feet long. A screaming metallic mass of sleek super technology and it's been stolen who's got the guts to steal batman's ultimate weapon uh, this reporter suspects it might be you 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 steal the batmobile watch mtv all day this sunday for the mtv bat signal then call the special 900 number on your screen 
one of you is going to walk away a winner. That's right, a Batmobile. Now, we've removed the engine so you don't go driving around and bust your butt, but it's still one amazing collector's item. And moi will deliver it personally to your door, along with a check for $25,000. It's the perfect contest. I want you to tell all your friends. So go ahead, steal the Batmobile. MTV's your accomplice. Of course, I wouldn't want the Batman mad at me. But that's your affair. Anyway, if you've got the cojones, we've got the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that editing. I was like, I had had my mind made up about this. I was like, well, first of all, I'm going to win. <laughs> and I, I had it all planned out. I was going to talk to my dad and I'm like, dad, I'm 11 years old. Yeah. I know that I can drive with an adult when I'm 14. So we have to keep it in the garage for three years. Mm-hmm. No one will come and buy and bother it. There'll be plenty of room, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then when I'm 16, I can drive it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it wherever I want, and there'll be no problems. I had this all worked out in my mind. I even told, I think, told my dad about this and explained it all to him, and he's just sitting there going, "Yeah, mm-hmm, okay." Um, but yeah, I was absolutely convinced that I was going to win, and I was like, just, I, I was just, I, I was just one of those things. I was like, it's so tangible, and I'm yeah. like, I've got to win this thing. Like, they're surely going to let an 11 year old win the Batmobile like that's something they'll they'll do right yep I was so so convinced I just that's that was your life man and, and ever you si- know yeah and ever since then uh when I didn't win that Batmobile uh you know it's just a string of disappointments no, <laughs> <laughs> no but but uh it was just one of those things where you know you're just like so excited about yeah. something as a kid you know nope. so um, I remember that feeling yeah, it man was, it was one of those uh one of those moments yeah, man. I don't know how exactly all of those components came together yeah. to get Keaton, fucking Burton, fucking Elfman, and to create this thing that would just end up be. You know, I I don't want to get like like morbid or to like a dark place or anything like that. But oftentimes, I think about as I get older. And how I have these certain movies that I just love and bring me so much joy yeah. and comfort. It's like, am I going to be, you know, if I make it to my 90s or whatever, like just sitting here watching 89 <laughs> Batman just to feel good about myself. And like, you know, what What do I, if you had to pick a last movie that you ever watch or something like that, you know, while you spend your time on Earth, like, 89 Batman would be one of those movies yeah. that I would want to be a contender yeah. for the last, you know, not that it really matters, but yeah. that's just what I think about. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That would be right up there. But it's just so funny that we love the, these movies and this one in particular so much. And so it's like, it's just what we go to, yeah. you know, yeah. and Prince had a huge, because you can't think of this movie without thinking about prince yeah it's impossible right so yeah i love absolutely love this movie and all the stuff surrounding it it's so great now that we've talked about well okay for right i would be remiss if i didn't play a clip of trust now as we've been going through these tracks i realized that on my phone the story that i told you about i had three songs (laughs) from this album i did have bat dance i had party man and trust yeah. on my phone. Right. 
And so that was like three of my eight different ringtones that I could do. You know, you could put like your friends as a certain oh, one, yeah. you even, th- even, even though they didn't know what I was using, <laughs> the, the, right. that I was using a Prince song for them. But it right. brought me great comfort. And anybody that is familiar with this movie knows what's happening. It's a parade. Here's dressed. I was so happy. Like whenever I would come across a mint condition vinyl of either version of the soundtrack, Princes or Elfman's, yeah. just buy it. Yeah. Like fucking buy it. Why? Why would I not? I it, like. I, I'm sure I have <laughs> two or three copies. Say, how many of copies them. do you have? Probably yeah. two or three. <laughs> and and now I know they finally re-released officially the 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 soundtrack, um, Elfman's soundtrack. So yeah. now you can actually buy that. But that was a hard record to find. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, fortunately, the money that I spent on it is still it's still worth it because it's an original release and not 180 gram or yeah. whatever they call them now. You know, my favorite thing about that scene in the film when they're playing trust is when, when Nicholson's doing this and yes. throwing money up. <laughs> yes, because he's doing it with the beat of the music. <laughs> yes. So apparently what they did is to get the right tempo for him to do. I'm that. so glad I got that right. Yeah. That was perfect. I, I just thought it was so cool that he was like gesturing with the with the music. Yeah. The way they got that right, the tempo right, was they played Prince's song from Purple Rain, Baby I'm a Star. Oh. And then they said, Tim Burton That's told funny. Prince, look, we were having him sort of gesticulate in time to this yeah. song. So just so you know, like we need a song for this scene. And so Prince was like, okay. And that's how they made trust. <laughs> Was that tempo, and uh, and then yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, and then basically like lined it up with his uh, gesticulation. I, I just love how he's like moving to the beat of the music. I'm like, wow, that's really coordinated. That it's is so, great. so cool. Yeah. Who was the dude in that commercial? What was his name? Robert Wool. He was that's Arliss. R- Arliss. That's yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. I remember now. He was super annoying in that movie. He yeah, did he it was, great. He was Knox. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he was okay, but yeah, maybe not terrific. I don't know who else they would have gotten. All right, so now we are on to Batman Returns. Yes. Because why not go in chronological order? Right. Uh, thoughts about Batman Returns? So I, once again, there are some of those scenes that just pop out at me. And when I first think about that film, I always think about um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in the snow. Mm-hmm. And it's just falling, you know, all around her. And I think about really her role as Catwoman. That's kind of the most striking thing about that movie to me. Yeah. Um, Cause I think I sort of alluded to this the other night when we were talking, but I think that her, her role as Catwoman in this film is probably, I think of that initial, those initial Batman movies is probably 
the role played by a woman that I like the best. Yeah. I think it really stands out because I think there's sometimes like maybe they didn't do the best job of writing for the women in some of these movies, but these particular movies, but I think her role is awesome. She's just like totally unhinged yeah. in this movie. And I just, I absolutely love the way that she plays, uh, that she plays the role of Catwoman. This is Cat Sweet that yeah. I was playing. Um, I agree with you yeah. with, and I think I said as much when we were chatting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a lot of that's got to be just Pfeiffer. Yeah. You know, uh, it was, oh man, I'm remembering like, cause it's been a minute since I've seen this one, but f- fucking Christopher Walken oh, yes. in the movie. I yep. mean, and I didn't even, I barely knew anything about Danny DeVito. Yeah. And he was creepy as shit. <laughs> Yeah. In this movie. Oh, he was disgusting. <laughs> it was so great. Yeah. I just remember like eating the fish. Yeah. And like, uh, wasn't it Walken's character trying to keep him in line and have him run for, run for, for office? Mayor. Yeah, run yeah, for mayor. Run for mayor of Gotham. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. They really, they, you know, whereas I think the Joker was just kind of like pretty crazy. They really played up the more like kind of gross, disgusting aspect with DeVito to make, you, to make you not like him. A- a- instead of being like this kind of complete psychopath, it was more about him just being really just just gross. Yep. And as far <sighs> as the as far as the soundtrack, it was just more Elfman doing his thing. know where this dude gets his ideas but the his soundtracks for movies are just second to none in my opinion i i love them i i mean even so much so we uh this past christmas watch scrooged yeah and then i found out that there was a special edition vinyl coming out like i have to get like yeah. it's just so good mm-hmm. but and it's very similar to maybe it's just dynamic people that do big things i mean think about that like prince uh tim burton yep elfman once once again i'm I'm repeating the names but each of them you know them and you know their style yeah and to it's like the perfect the perfect combo but and it's also to your point i think it's also that you have you're putting a lot of weight to deliver on a level as big as Batman 89 was. Yeah. And it's gotta be someone that can carry that out, mm-hmm. you know? And those, those guys all could do that. You know, Danny Elfman yep. was like just the best at what he did, you know, no, no disrespect to Oingo Boingo, but I think, yeah, yeah. I think he's kind of, he was kind of put on this earth to like do this. Oh yes. Right? Absolutely. He was so good at it. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, I'm seeing on here. Do you remember Susie and the Banshees? I do. Okay. Do you sure. remember them in Batman Returns? I don't. I don't either. But they are listed for a, a track called Face to Face. Okay. Let, let's dive in. Yeah. Face to 
What? That was like the tune of Kiss Them For Me. I feel underprepared for this part because I don't know where this came in. Was this in the credits? I don't remember this. Did you do you know their song Kiss Them For Me? Yeah. It, it that was like the tune of the song. Do, 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 do. They just played it. That's weird. It is very weird. They just like put it in there. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it it has, at least on Spotify, it has that listed after the end credits. Okay. For Batman Returns. Okay. I had I had no idea. It's got to be in there somewhere. I didn't even know they were on the soundtrack, so. Now we, <laughs> maybe. There you I, go. Honestly, though, I've never seen a physical copy of this soundtrack. Uh, no, I haven't Like, either. even on Vine, I'm sure it exists. Yeah. But I've I've never seen one. It's another one of those movie covers, like as definitive as Batman yes. 89's movie cover is. Yeah. Yeah. With all of them stacked. Yeah. That's just so <laughs> memorable to me. Whenever anybody says Batman returns, That's I always what you think, think about, of. Yes. I do. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I, so, so I guess just to summarize, like I like the movie, you know, and I like that it's dark and that Burton had, you know, Burton did it, but it's kind of just like we said, it just seems like he goes a little too far yeah, into his in own this one. his own taste in it. It's like, you know what I thought of? Um in the first movie, you see outside of the theater and well, basically anything that was in the city. Yeah. You know, you see the 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 oversized buildings, you see you see that yeah. and and they're they're almost like I said, it's been a minute, but I, I remember the movie very well. But but these details I'm a little fuzzy on, but they almost make it seem like sometimes the buildings get bigger towards the top. You, you know, it kind of gets that feel like yeah. cartoonish feel yeah. when you look at it. Right. That's that's what I think of anyway. Yeah. And then um, so so you see that for a bit in the first movie, but you have a lot of indoor stuff that's happening. Yeah. But in Batman Returns, you're outside a lot, mm-hmm. so you you see the the cemetery. I mean, I uh, obviously the sewer is still inside, but but you see down yeah. into that that area. Yeah. You see um, outside. Oh yeah, because there's the part with in um, Batman in '89 Batman that uh, where the 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 dude comes up as the mime in front of the city hall. No, oh, he has a few uh, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So. Um, so but you have like way more scenes like that in Batman Returns where where they're they're outside like doing stuff and, and because oh. it's dark and it's winter yeah and i just i remember see, and like the fucking like presents and shit exploding yeah. outside I, just, I i feel like when i see buildings like that and yeah. how they're all gray and very dark and and not not hardly lit at all yeah. and and it, that just reminds me so much of Burton. Batman, yes, and Batman does have a lot of outside shots too. But it seems like there's more during the daytime in Batman. That's true. Than it is returns, returns. was a it's lot like at night. always at night. It seems like outside. Yeah. You know. Yep. Also, um, I always think of the uh, um, and obviously this is Catwoman, but uh, the department store. Yes, that scene. Yes, 
Oh, man. <laughs> I'm excited to go back. And that's the thing is like working up to watching 89 Batman. I was almost tempted prior, you know, to recording this. I wanted to watch Batman Returns again, but I'm like, ah, but I don't know if I want to watch it before I watch 89 Batman. Yeah. So that's I just waited. We watched Batman Returns like probably within the last six months. And uh, I remember Kate and I had this like hour long discussion after it ended <laughs> about like how we thought it like had this potential to be really great, but it just kind of like there yeah. were a few areas where it just kind of fell short. But I, I remember still enjoying just watching it. But I can't imagine that movie without Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. being Catwoman. I'd be curious to, to know how that happened. How how she ended up being Catwoman. Well, one thing I do know or I'd heard was that apparently uh, Michael Keaton was not thrilled with her being cast as Catwoman. Really? Apparently she was in line to possibly be Vicky Vale in the first oh. movie. But they had dated at some point and Keaton was not cool with that. Yeah. But apparently by Batman Returns he was fine with it. So uh, <laughs> he had moved on. Yeah. Because they <laughs> have, some, in a different have some kind of intimate scenes, uh, a little bit in that film. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's a good movie, but definitely second to the first one in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. So do you, would you, is there any way that you would ever put, I mean, well, let's talk about the next one. Because, oh, sure. Because, we can do that. Uh, Batman forever. Um, okay. So, because <laughs> I know you had some things to say about this. I do have some things to say but about this one. Sometimes in my rankings, I almost think, I don't know, maybe I could put forever in front of returns, mm. but, but then I'm like, no, I, I don't think so. I think sometimes those have gone back and forth, but that's just because I don't know. I like Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> um, here we got a little, uh, Batman Forever behind us. <sighs> okay, so I just watched yeah. Batman Forever. Yeah. And <clears throat> it had been a minute, and by a minute, I mean like 10 to 15 years yeah. <laughs> since I had watched it. And I love how like over the top it is, but at the same time, I'm I'm watching it going what were they thinking when they did this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, uh, I don't, and just so many choices that were made in the movie. And, you know, back in the day, I used to wonder how they could go from Batman Forever to Batman and Robin and how silly it got. Yeah. And how over the top it got. Yeah. But now after having rewatched batman forever it, it was a very small step to batman and robin yeah. in my opinion in some of the things that happened yeah but it's also interesting oh and i told you this in our text i didn't know until i rewatched it that tim burton had anything to do with it yeah and he was actually a producer yeah i didn't either mm, yeah i didn't either and so i feel like when it comes to a producer role I don't know exactly how hands-on you are or if it's kind of like giving your seal of approval. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more of a ceremonial type Well, because, thing, I mean, or... think about, like, fucking um, The Lost World yeah. or Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. Steven Spielberg was an executive producer. Right. 
but it they pale in comparison. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm watching some of the stuff that's happening in this movie, and I I don't know. <laughs> it's just crazy. But don't get me wrong. I, I love it, but but you know I I clearly love it for the nostalgia yes. of where I was when this came out, yeah. and every time I watch it, I miss my old. I had a I had a Batman Forever poster mm-hmm. in my room, the mm-hmm. iconic one with all of the characters on it, and then I think at one point I even had some of the individual posters, yeah, because each character had their own pose that was on that main poster. That then they had their own poster. Right. So you could get one of just Nicole Kidman or just Val Kilmer. And I remember buying a whole bunch of Batman shit when it came out. I think I even had like a guide to the movie or something, you know, something about details about the movie, like trading cards. I was the perfect age for this movie um, as far as merchandise is concerned. Yeah. So um, I was even I spent some time after the movie going to eBay just to see what was out there. And I saw some of the action figures yeah. that were out for it. And I'm like, I remember that. Yes. But I couldn't tell you if I had it, but I know that I remember seeing it. And um, and I still stand by what I say, that I, I love so many of the actors individually. Mm-hmm. But if it hadn't been for Jim Carrey in that movie, I don't, I don't know that it would still hold the same place in my heart as it does now. He was the shining star in that film. Yeah, there's no doubt. Tommy Lee Jones, I thought was underwhelming, and I like him. Yeah, as an actor. But and but he, what's interesting is if he's underwhelming, he was playing it so over the top. Yeah, in everything that he did. Yeah, in that, and I love Tommy Lee Jones. I do too. But I wasn't like, I, he's less memorable for me. And maybe it's just because Jim Carrey stood out so he's much, so big. Yeah. But I do remember, you know, Nicole Kidman's character, and do you remember what I said? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> just so you guys know, and you're in the loop. I I sent a list of three things yeah. of what I was initially thinking about the movie. Yeah, and her character in the movie was Chase, Chase Meridian, Chase Meridian. Great and I said, name. and I said, first of all, Chase is a slut. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, that was where I started my rant. It's just, yeah, she wasn't written well. She just just no. wasn't written well. And and <clears throat> I, like I said, I thought Nicole Kidman, uh you know, looked great in the film and I'm sure she tried to deliver this really professional performance, but I just feel like a lot of it just wasn't written great. And Val Kilmer to me, wasn't really even a great Batman. Well, did you you watch, did you watch the documentary about Val? Yeah, I did. And where he talked about the Batman stuff Yeah, and how he just felt so restricted all the time by the suit. Right. And he, he was like, you could barely move in it. Yeah. And so I there was parts of that that I was remembering while I was watching the movie. Right. And like there's a part where he flies in and it's almost like they had him jump in place. Yeah. And they caught the tail end of him. When you go back and watch it, you'll see it. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking about while I was. Right. I mean, I mean, I can still separate the two and enjoy the movie for what it is and yeah. what it was yeah. to me. But when I'm looking for that stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see it. I yeah. can see it now. Yeah, it's I, I just think overall, it seems like in general, a lot of the performances are just not just not great and probably just not the best performances that a lot of those really talented yeah. actors gave in, in a lot of their roles. But this is the movie where it was like, OK, it's not Burton anymore. Yeah, it doesn't have to be dark. We can blow it out and try to really make it poppy, you know, right. make it like 
as big as it can possibly be. So it seemed like what their idea was then is neon. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, literally and, bright. And and then like literally having lights coming yes. through the Batmobile. Like you can see the insides yes. and it's gl- like a you know, the metal glowing through a blue crystal yeah. screen or something like that. Showing us stuff we hadn't really seen before. Yeah. Because, you know, that was Burton's style was was being darker. So I think mm-hmm. once it was in the hands of uh Schumacher, it was like Let's make this, you know, just as poppy as we can. And that movie, like you said, I think you kind of alluded to, is so much closer to Batman and Robin yeah. than it is to like Batman 89. You know, I mean, it's just so, so different. Yeah. Um, uh, all all day today after watching that movie or yesterday or when I don't even know what day it is anymore. But I just kept thinking the line that I kept hearing in my head over and over is when uh, Chase is captured by Two-Face and the Riddler. Yeah. And she says, you know, Batman's coming for you or whatever. And Jim Carrey is, Batman? Batman, you say? (laughs) I'm counting on it. (laughs) It's just so... (laughs) It's going from his character in... Uh, in the beginning of the movie, yeah. you know, just working at his job, right? At uh, at Wayne, uh, what was it? it was Wayne, Wayne Enterprises. Enterprises? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, so I couldn't remember that for some yeah. reason. And the way that he was acting there, and then how he just kind of transforms and and will change his very, you know, it's a very Jim Carrey thing, right? But it was just it, nobody could have done that, but him. Right. So, and it was going back to what we were saying. It was interesting watching Tommy Lee Jones try to keep up. Yeah. And that's the only way that I can think like to say it is, is that he's trying to keep up because he has to be as big as Jim Carrey, which at the time Jim Carrey was fucking huge. He was the biggest comedian in the world. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess I'm not surprised that they got him for Batman, but at the same time, it was almost like perfect timing for them to get him for Batman because right. had it been a little bit, you know, they wouldn't have considered him earlier no. and later. I don't think he would have done it. It was the perfect, it was the perfect time. Yeah. Like you said, but it is so odd. Like you said, to see Tommy Lee Jones try to hang in there. Yeah. Because wh- so much laughing. It's and almost smiling like, why and, is he even in the movie? Yeah. Like, why did they even write, feel like they needed to write two face into it? That's you know? a good, that's a good point. Well, they, also he had, he did, <laughs> We will get to the music, I promise. Yeah. But he did kind of have a, a shitty death, <laughs> he too. <did. laughs> well, they had set this precedent from the previous film where they were like, let's get as many of the villains as we can, I yeah. guess. So well, now all of a sudden we'll have two villains in the second movie. So then they thought they could carry that out in the next film. Mm. And uh, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't work as well as the dynamic between the Penguin and Catwoman in the previous movie, I don't think. Right. You know? Yep. Um, having them working together, it just seemed too, uh, it, it seemed too odd. Whereas with Catwoman, you almost felt like she was like kind of an anti-hero in yeah. a way because she was going against Shrek, the character that was, uh, Max Shrek, the character that was, uh, Walken's, uh, oh, Walken's yes, character. Oh, yes, yeah. You know, I forgot was, that. I remember Max. I, yeah. You got a better memory than I do. She was kind of aligned against him. So, um, so it was kind of like they were all sort of, you know, nobody was really aligned with anyone necessarily. But in this one, it's like Two-Face and the Riddler are together, but, mm-hmm. you know, one's going to outshine the other in that in that scenario. It was cool in Batman Forever how when they would do a transition, they would use 
music yeah. for it, like a- actual songs in yeah. order to introduce like not necessarily characters, <laughs> but but sometimes, but mostly like scenes. Yeah. Like when you hear this, you know, you're leading into Jim Carrey becoming the Riddler yeah. into his like, I don't know if it's an apartment or it, it seems like a lair, yeah. you know, and then to get such a strange sounding, you know, flaming lips because, you know, he has a very, yeah, yeah, like here. But in your dreams, you can buy expensive cars. It's like, it speaks so well to that scene yeah. because it's kind of a, it's a song that's supposed to be like, it's almost like trying to be pretty, but it can't. Yeah. And it's just kind of a kind of a mess, and even the perfect. way that he's singing it, yeah, yeah, it was perfect for it. But this soundtrack was was the one where they decided we're gonna get an all star lineup just yeah. to do, you know, as opposed oh. to doing something with Prince, we're we're gonna get you know not just one artist, we're gonna get like a an all star lineup of people to record on there. I mean, you two, and like you said, PJ Harvey, Brandy. Um, I guess we have to mention Seal. That might have been a big uh, song from this movie. I don't been. know. As he stars on this soundtrack. Yeah. The Offspring, Method Man. Uh, oh also, Sunny Day Real Estate. I'm just mentioning them because uh, their bass player and drummer would eventually be part of the Foo Fighters. Oh, uh, yeah. In the next year or two. And um, and one of them is still still with the Foo Fighters, actually. So kind of interesting. Maybe. I don't think that they have the official soundtrack yeah on they spotify uh they don't yeah i don't see sunny day real estate on spotify but i do see this one and i, I know we mentioned them so why not I would love to know how this happened. Like, was this something that they had already written and they just used it? Or was this something that was for the soundtrack? I'm willing to bet that they already had this song. <clears throat> and then they were asked yeah. probably to add it. I, I mean, I'm guessing. I mean, because that's just so random. They weren't, yeah. they weren't a big band at all at that time. <laughs> they had only been together for a couple of years, yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah, this uh, because even on here, it says because they don't have the official Batman soundtrack on Spotify for one reason or another. Yeah. This is coming from their the best of album, uh, nineteen ninety to two thousand. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but this, I don't think if this wouldn't have been on the Batman Forever soundtrack, it probably wouldn't have been parodied by Weird Al. Oh. Yeah. Did you know that this one was parodied? No, I, I didn't. Yeah. So it was called uh, Cavity Search. And it was about like a trip to the dentist. It was pretty oh. funny. <laughs> All right. So we will. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna stop this one. And I, there's no way that I could not play this. Ba-ya-ya. 
I don't know that even Seal was prepared for how big this got. I just, yeah, I, it's, it's, what's funny about it to me is that, okay, yes, this was a big hit. Yeah. But I can't think about the film or the song independent of one another. They're like synonymous. I know. They were just so intertwined. And Seal laid right into it because the video had scenes from the film, you know? Um, Yeah. I also wonder how that happens. How did they get approached to make a music video but incorporate the images from the movie? Right? I mean, he's wearing like a silk, like shirt or robe or something in front of the fucking the bat, bat signal. signal. Yeah, the other bat signal. Yeah, it's just... It's I'm, so I'm sure great. they were probably like, what's the way that we can get max dollars out of this? Yeah. And they're like, let's put you, you know, with your shirt unbuttoned <laughs> in front of this like a big hero. Checks out. Yeah, and let's then we'll, do it. And we'll incorporate all the... I mean, and that was going on a lot back then when songs would be on soundtracks. Oh, that's they would, true. They would incorporate scenes from movies like, you know, the Guns N' Roses one for Terminator 2. Yeah. You know what I mean? You will be mine. Yeah, they were always always yeah. trying to, to interweave <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a couple yeah. questions about... It's kind of getting back to the <clears throat> movie, but... It's all good. Were you dis- This was the first one that had Robin. Yes. Were you disappointed that Robin didn't show up before this, were you disappointed that he wasn't in the first movie? Because I kind of was. If I remember correctly, I actually didn't have access to the '60s show yeah. until after I had seen '89 and Batman Returns. So you had less of an attachment. Yeah. To Robin, so probably. I I knew of Robin. Yeah. And I knew of the show. Yeah. I just didn't watch it. Yeah. At some point in the '90s. I started watching the old show yeah, and I enjoyed it. So I didn't think twice about Robin yeah. whatsoever. Right. Um, but I knew enough like when Batman forever came around, I knew enough to think it was funny when he said, Holy rusted metal Batman, because I, because I knew it, I knew it at that point. Yeah. So sometime after returns, and before forever, yeah, I watched some of that. So I so I was aware of Burt Ward's Robin and right. and all of that. So right. I wasn't disappointed. Yep. Now let me ask you a question. Okay. Were you disappointed in this Robin? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, I was I was I was kind of thinking we could get there. Yeah. So that's that's a great question. I just think that. At the time, it makes sense to cast Chris O'Donnell. I mean, yeah. he seemed kind of like maybe the right guy, but the way that he played him in the movie yeah. really just comes off kind of like, you know, Hayden Christensen before mm-hmm. he was doing his whole thing yeah. as uh, Anakin. Yeah. It's like he was just kind of a whiny sort of like, yep. I don't know, emo dude. Yeah. And it just got a little overbearing for me. I was just like, you're just going to keep complaining about how you're not getting your opportunity. <laughs> yeah. We know you're a great gymnast or, mm-hmm. or whatever trapeze artist, whatever we get it. Yeah. The, <clears throat> I didn't mind the, the circus scene with him and his family. Yeah. That and, was fun. and you do feel for his character. Sure. When he looks down and his family has died. Yes. Uh, has died is died. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, so, but then 
you know, he he arrives to Wayne Manor and the dude drives away. He was like, all right, I'm fucking out of here. And it's like everything after that is very. Would, would you call it angsty? Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's and exactly and, what it is. And just like. Yeah, kind of annoying. Yeah. And and the, because it's Chris O'Donnell, I there he can be borderline charming, but the but the annoyingness outweighs that. Totally. Which is, and then there's the whole um what's in the, what's behind that door scene. Right. And so then, you know, a couple minutes later, Alfred's looking around you know, making sure he's not around. And then he does this fucking acrobatic bullshit off of the chandelier slides in. And I'm like, all right, you lost me. Yep. That was, ridiculous. <laughs> that, was that was not necessary <clears throat> no. to have that callback to what he did as a professional. Like it's fine, but I don't know. And, and also he gets, he finds himself in a fucking fight when he steals the Batmobile. Yes. Borrows the Batmobile. Yeah, that pissed and, me off. And then, I know, right? Fuck you. You did? Don't steal the Batmobile. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it seemed like uh, Val Kilmer's Batman was cooler about it than we are. But then he just like fucking starts fighting people. Yeah. And I'm like, where did these skills come from? Right. <laughs> when did you learn how to fight people? Right. Like I get the flex. <laughs> I get the flex they're trying to show with mm-hmm. him flipping through and getting through the door and yes. seeing the seeing the bat cave. I get that one. Yeah. But then when he's fighting, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> but yeah, he is just so out to prove that he deserves to be, you know, his sidekick or to go out and help him. Right. It's just, yeah, it's a little too much. That's that story goes on a little too long. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, what else do we have on Batman forever? Well, I, I mean, we got smash it up. The offspring was in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Iggy pop. Yeah. Passenger. It's yeah. It, well, and wasn't that done by it's an Iggy pop song, but wasn't it done by Michael Hutchins? Oh yes. From, That's from right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot because the official soundtrack's not on here. But yeah, I re- I remember that as well because yeah. I knew of NXS, mm-hmm. but then like I was listening to this album still, you know, not like all the time, but when he passed away. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, and that's how I knew who the lead singer of NXS was, right. was because of this album. Right. It's crazy. I have one more question to ask you about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You asked me about Robin. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you this. We've talked about how great we thought Jim Carrey was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jim Carrey's Riddler was better than Jack Nicholson's Joker? Hmm. That's tough. Um. Putting the sentimental feelings aside. I mean, yeah, you, I think you have sentimental feelings about both of those films. I do. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm taking this question very seriously. Yeah. I don't know if you wanted me to. No, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> I think I don't know if this is a right answer, wrong answer situation, but um, upon first think about this, can't say glance. Um, I'm gonna say that I like fuck what I was about to say. I'm, I'm wondering if it's not accurate. I, I'm wondering if I like 
Jack Nicholson's Joker more because I felt like he was doing more acting. Yeah. So you're nodding. So I um and the Riddler was just Jim Carrey. And yeah. and I mean, don't get me wrong, he acted in the movie. He he was he was definitely playing the part, but for the majority of it, it was just him doing what Jim Carrey can do, which is respectable, and nobody else could do that. Right. But as far as bringing the character to life, yeah. And I mean, fucking Nicholson, he had Cesar Romero to look at. Yeah. And then he brought his Joker from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I. But that is that is tough because I can think of some really good and well acted parts in Batman Forever with what Carrie did. Uh, yeah, I, it, it, I, I hard. think I think I'm I, I think I will say Nicholson, yeah. though, and and I'm trying to not include this, but I but I also know more about what Nicholson did to to make that movie happen. So, yeah. um, which I mean, basically he, he ended up, if I remember right, doing the movie for almost nothing, but he instead got stake in the movie. Like he yeah. get, got a percentage of yeah. the sales. Yeah. Um, and I think because, because additional he, perks because, he, Oh yeah. yeah. And, and <clears throat> I mean, just because he believed in it. Yeah. And um and fucking killed it as the as the Joker. Yeah, I mean, he really did. Oh, we got a live one here, yeah, and I mean, and that and that laugh and yeah, so uh, many like great quotes from him, and I think it was just unexpected. I think it yeah. was just an unexpected performance from him. Whereas Carrie was like you said, he was being himself. Right. They kind of just wound him up and they let him go, and he was doing yeah. his thing. But it does make me uncomfortable to say that, though, yeah. because I feel like I'm turning my back on Jim Carrey's Riddler. But I'm I'm not like I still that is a that's that was well played, sir. That no, was a good. Nobody question. else could have. Nobody else could have done. Yeah, could have done. I, I don't think the Riddler justice like Carrey did. Right. I, I think. He and was again, going back to it. what we were saying, it was perfect yeah. timing. Absolutely. For him. And that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. watching it. Just first of all, like how young he looks in it. And I mean. What was it? It was Batman Forever 98? 95. 95? Jesus. Yeah. So that was, was right. like a year after Ace yeah. Ventura, the first one, I think. They snatched right? him up quick. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Ace Ventura was, was that 93? I thought it was 94, but maybe okay. it was. Let's check it. Because yeah. he did Ace Ventura, mm-hmm. and then wasn't it shortly after that? Did he do Liar Liar after Batman Forever? Yeah. That was okay. like ninety six or seven. Yeah. So so Pet Detective was usually 90, usually I'm better with years. Pet Detective was ninety four. When Nature Calls was ninety five. Same year. Yeah. So then the mask must have been. Yeah, because I mean, the mask was early too. Yeah, he must have done. Well, he did the mask before the sequel to uh to uh, Ace Ventura. So that was ninety four as well. So he did Ace Ventura and the Mask in ninety four. He did Batman Forever and the Ace Ventura sequel in 95. Wow. Yeah. He was like a fucking rocket, man. Yeah. And then Liar Liar, I think, was 96. Oh, my God. Guy was on a roll. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. Well, well, and Dumb and Dumber. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. When 
Shit. When was that? Oh man, that's crazy. Dumb and Dumber was 94. Oh, really? He did Ace Ventura. Oh my God. Ace Ventura, the mask and Dumb and Dumber all in 94. See, that's why I feel, I know I'm not, I'm knowing I'm not like shitting on him by any means, but that's why I feel bad is because I mean, he fucking killed it yeah. as the Riddler. He did. But I think he killed it because he's Jim Carrey. Yeah. And he was a I, great I, choice. Yeah. And, but I mean, he was kind of doing a similar thing in other roles Whereas Jack Nicholson, look at the stuff that he had done, and then, yeah, and then he brought the Joker to life a different way, right? So I, I just feel, yeah, he that, was more Jack Nicholson from his previous roles right. at the beginning of the film when he's Jack Napier, this crime guy, yeah. But then when he became the Joker, I do love that they called him Jack. I know it's funny, <laughs> but then when he became the Joker, it was just like he turned it up, yeah, and it was crazy. Like, you know, so you just saw the transformation in the film and Carrie has a similar thing, but I think just because we'd come to expect it more from his other movies, we were just used to it. Well, I think what shocked you in the beginning of Batman forever. Yeah. There's so many Batman movies. I never know which one I'm saying anymore. What gets you in that one is the beginning when for a minute he's acting subdued. Yes. And normal. Right. Until he gets worked up and pushed over the edge. Right. So that's almost more shocking to see yeah, or maybe than, than him doing. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> He's just acting normal. Uh, all right. Sh- should we move on? Let's move on. All right. So Batman and Robin. Everyone knows that uh, we lost to Kilmer and got a Clooney. Yep. And same Robin. For better or for worse. Yep. (laughs) A little more mature, I suppose. But then we also get uh, Schwarzenegger, Thurman, and uh, whoever the hell played that weird Bane character. I don't know. So, yeah, what what do you what do you think of it's also it's interesting, I guess, before I get to that, Batman Forever had such a big soundtrack. Yeah. And so many people, like you said, Maisie Star, The Offspring. Like, I recently bought the vinyl. There was a reissue of it. It looks fucking beautiful. It's great. Yeah. And I, some of these vinyls I buy because of nostalgia reasons. Yeah. But I hadn't listened to the soundtrack in a long time. Yeah. And when I played it, I'm like, I am really enjoying this. Yeah. Like, it's good music. Yeah. And like, there's some weird stuff on there. Like, I think it's Method Man. Yeah. That dude does this, the Riddler. Right. But I mean, it's still fun. Yeah. And so I actually enjoyed listening to the whole thing. They didn't do the same thing for Batman and Robin. They just so went in the direction of like, how popular can we make Batman forever? Like they were just, it seemed like they were so sold on that. You know, let's just make this like really pop. You yeah. Know, like a really like mainstream thing. Yeah. And I think... You know, it was, I think it was like the first one in a way because they got Carrie sort of at the peak of his powers and they had all these other great actors, Kilmer, Kidman, Tommy Lee Jones. It was kind of more similar to the first one to me because you have sort of this dynamic villain like Carrie, whereas DeVito was a little more, you know, subdued. Right. In, yeah. in the film um, and just a different villain, not a bad one, just different. <clears throat> so I don't know what they were going with. 
when they decided on doing this next one. I mean, I think first of all, no disrespect to Clooney, but to me, not as good of an actor as Val Kilmer. Interesting. Just not as dynamic. Well, and I mean, the whole way that it went down, the fact that he did it like as a favor. Yeah. And, but to do such a fucking big movie. Yeah. As a favor, like to become Batman. Right. As a favor to Joel Schumacher. Right. That's crazy. It is crazy. And and I I should say, yeah, I, I was kind of knocking the soundtrack. There were actual songs in Batman and Robin, yeah. but it it does not pack the punch. And they, they've got, so Smashing Pumpkins, Bone Thugs and Harmony, fucking R. Kelly yeah. <laughs> singing a song called Gotham City. Yeah, pretty big at that time. Uh, yeah, and uh, Jewel, Foolish Games. There's mm. actually an R.E.M. track uh, called Revolution. Uh, that was in there, but it was not on the album. But so like there was stuff, but it was not the same. It it didn't. Yeah, it, it just didn't pack the punch that the other one did. And I mean, yeah, they it's, and I actually did make this comment to you about Batman forever. Just jumping back quick that when I watched the movie, it was almost performed like it was meant to be, on stage. Yeah. Like, like the overacting and that, that was there. And then they kind of took that and they're like, let's crank that up to 11 (laughs) for Batman and Robin, which is what they did. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It, it, It almost seemed like they thought, well, if we add more stars to the film, yeah, if we add more people, then that will enhance or improve the movie. Yep. If we just put big names in it, it'll be fine. Now, look, you get Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, that's no slouch. That's a huge draw. The, uh, big time. But as far as the performance goes, you're talking about a different kind of performance you're going to get from someone like Arnold than you are from Jack or you are from Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's gonna true. be It's going to be a different type of villain, right? True. Um, I liked Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. I thought she was great. Bane, they fucked that up. <laughs> yes, they did. Because Bane... Well, that's and, almost like uh, Deadpool in the one Wolverine movie. Yeah. You know, they just... Yeah, they right. botched it. They didn't even give him a chance to be a character, really. He's mm-hmm. just this big, dumb idiot and nothing like he is in the comic book. So, yeah. um, but that got rectified He later was like, on. Bane, smash! Right, you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Here, so. this is a look into my eyes because, don't forget, we're a music podcast. Oh, yeah. Bone Thugs and Harmony. We thuggish, ruggish, niggas, I think you get what I'm saying. Yep. It's just, you know, not to knock them, but I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was like right place, right time with some of those other tracks that was on Batman Forever. But I mean fuck yeah. You too. It was a killer song. Yeah, you know. I, I, I and it, and maybe it just fit better. Maybe these they're just like let's. We need a song. Like put it put in a song here. Pick a song. Right. You know what I mean. Right. It's like a grab bag. Yeah. Or something. I think at this point maybe they just thought well, we're we're big already. No matter what songs we pick or no matter what we kind of go with, it's gonna be <clears throat> a huge smash anyway. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I don't know if the song selection was just what they felt was 
just big at the time and they thought, well, this style will work. But um, yeah, I don't think overall the soundtrack they did as good a job this time, but I don't think movie-wise they did as good a job right. this time. So This is uh, a Batman overture. Elliot Goldenthal. Mm-hmm. Not too unsimilar to the previous movie. No. Seems like they're trying to do a little... The beginning sounded a little Elfman-esque. Totally. Right? Yeah, here, let's crank this. John Williams, eat your heart out. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to run out of time. We need to get to uh, Bail Batman. Bailman. See maybe, what he did? Maybe that's just a separate episode. Should we do that? A separate one? Maybe. Can we, let, let's at least touch on it. Okay, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, uh, yeah, we, we because... Can get, we can get into it. The first movie... Would it, and how much time uh, on your cellular device there? Check out how much time there was between Batman and Robin... And Batman Begins. So Batman and Robin, I, I'm going to say about 10 years. That's my guess. Batman and Robin was, because I think Batman Begins <clears throat> was 2005. And Batman and Robin was 97. So eight years. Okay. It seems like it would have been longer than that, in my mind. The disparity between the films is, I think, what maybe Isn't makes that us crazy? think that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, is that it was like they were kind of clinging on to the, the vibes of fucking batman forever and maybe they should have done something else but maybe they're thinking well these characters are still the same so you know let's ride that i don't know who knows let's try to ride that really popular movie wave and and stick with it yeah batman batman begins just general thoughts we watched this not too long ago uh and this is the one i think that i hear from when i hear or like read about it it seems like it's not considered as great because uh, Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. And um, oh, what's the last one? Dark Knight Rises. Oh, God, yeah. Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises were so excellent. It seems like this is the one that's kind of forgotten, but yeah. I, I think this is a really good movie. This is a great movie. Yeah. I think it's Raz Al Ghul. Yeah. Come on, man. I think it's great. Liam Neeson's excellent. And um, yeah, and Bale uh, proves. He, uh, he can hang. He's, he's a good Batman. This soundtrack and The Dark Knight, it's like some of the most like anticipation building yeah. music that's out there. So this one in particular was Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. Yep. And it is a great soundtrack. Yeah. Now we have gotten more into a score and there's really no outside music it's a different kind of soundtrack yep so let's crank it
Uh, again, like it's just a great combo. This this yeah. this music with um his name slipping my mind. The director Nolan Nolan and Christopher got it. Nolan yeah. Um. Uh, now, first of all, you look at the soundtrack. I I don't know what the fuck these words are <laughs> for the names of the right. tracks, but it's <laughs> showing it to Sam. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. It's I don't know. Is it Italian? It's like Latin. Who knows? Yeah, it's, Latin makes <laughs> yeah, it's more pro- sense. Probably Italian. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these are big orchestral pieces. You know, it, it it it. You can look at the title. You can look at the titles of the songs in the soundtrack. Yeah. And immediately understand the difference in tone. From oh the yeah. Last film. Absolutely. Because you realize this is going to be serious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Batman's going to be. He's going to be dark and a badass yeah. again. And we're going to get away from where forever and Batman and Robin was with this kind of, you know, uh, cartoonish, more like, you know, candy yeah. type style of Batman that we're delivering you. And uh, it is undeniably a fucking great movie. And yeah. like prior to the Dark Knight coming out. Yeah, this was fantastic. It was great. But. To put it in the same even conversation as 89 Batman is hard because they're so different. Right. And like, granted, it is, it's another Batman movie and it's super badass. Yeah. But I I don't know if, you, if you're going to compare the two, I'm going to have to default to 89. Yeah, same But way. I think this movie is so good. Oh, it's really good. But we're talking about movies that were just made in completely different worlds. Right. So right. It's, it's, it's like when people... A sports analogy... And by world, you mean Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> sports <laughs> analogy would be people are always trying to compare like LeBron James and Michael Jordan, but they played in completely different eras and it's just, it's just different. You just can't right. you can't compare people from from different from different eras because the game has changed and that's yeah. how it is in filmmaking too. Everything's yeah. changed so much. It I was very impressed with the soundtrack. Yeah. Um I missed it on vinyl. Back in the day um uh Hot Topic used to get vinyl for yeah. some reason and they had a Batman Begins that yeah. was there and I was like, "Ah, I don't know if I want that." You know, yep. and I and I I passed it by, but then as time went on, I ended up getting some more Hans Zimmer stuff, mm-hmm. like uh, Interstellar. Oh yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure that was him. And uh, then I just I regretted that I never got it, and then I couldn't yeah. find it anywhere. And some somewhere along the lines, I stumbled upon it, so I eventually did get it. Yeah, it's just so good. Yeah, and but it but yeah, it's it's totally different. Like even the it's it's a score, but it's a score of a different kind. You know, and it's it really v- reflects the movie very well. Yeah. And I, whatever it is that they were going for, you know, say great things about Steven Spielberg working with, um, John Williams, mm-hmm. but this is also another fantastic duo. That's great. When, when they did these, it could be an action film. It could be a horror movie, right? It could be a drama. I mean, this just works on so many levels, I think. So then, Shortly after this, we get The Dark Knight, which in recent memory, uh, maybe Star Wars aside, just because I'm such a huge Star Wars nerd, I can't think of a bigger movie. And then the events surrounding the movie, 
you know, just kind of added more anticipation for it. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, my God, did it deliver. I mean, yeah. After this came out, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of convinced it might have been like the greatest action movie that ever I was know. ever made. I know. Yeah, it was so good. Like, what the fuck is this? It's it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Yes. It's unnerving. Oh, is what it is. Completely. And yes. it's it's designed to fuck with your head. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like uh bees for a minute. <laughs> so that's unsettling. And then it almost sounds like some sort of like air raid siren is about to go off. Mhm. Yeah. Once again, uh this is Hans Zimmer, James Newton Howard. This is why so serious. The very first piece of music, part of the score. Why so serious? Why mm. so serious? Everybody said that. Yeah. Am I, you'd see that poster everywhere. Am I right? Yeah. It was all over the place. Everyone was just so taken with the performance of, um, of Heath Ledger. And... Uh, Boy, I tell you, man, we were talking about comparing villains from the earlier films, and yeah. I don't even think we can enter into a conversation talking about comparing Nicholson or Carrie to what yeah. Heath Ledger did as the Joker. It's um, oh, it's so crazy. It's crazy, man. He was he was just over the top, so great. I mean, I would I would love to think that as an actor. You know, but I've I've only done stage stuff. I'm I'm not I'm not great by any means, but I'd like to think diving into something like that has to be so interesting to yeah. just to put your own mind in in the mind of somebody like that when you're acting that part. I know that there was the whole thing where people were saying, "Oh, he." He overdosed because of uh, the character that he was playing or depression. And, you know, that's been largely debunked and and people have spoken up against that. But um, but still, that had to have been one hell of a trip that he had to go on to put himself in the mind of the Joker to, to do that it's yeah. it's so impressive i mean i would i would love to think that i you know with with the right cameras and right funding you know for a production could do something like that with makeup and everything but because i i love playing characters sure but my god that the his joker was so good it's it ultimately just became like his defining the defining thing that he did. did if, didn't you, it? if you look at, I mean, if we talk about, you know, we talked about Nicholson before going from someplace where he was this certain type of actor, you yeah, know, right. But then became the Joker. I mean, if you think about what Heath Ledger did before this and some of his other roles and mm-hmm. then where, where he ended up with dark Knight, it's like, Oh my God. And this, you're right. The psychological place that you have to take yourself to, to get into a character like this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, to I don't know. It, it would have been really interesting to be a fly on the wall to like understand this guy's process for, for the role that he did, because I feel like it's really one 
that was kind of out of left field. Yeah. That just really surprised everybody. Um, and I know other people since then have tried to play the Joker and do it in this artistic way and kind of probably tried to go there. Joaquin Phoenix, Jared Leto. Look, mm-hmm. I know you've tried to do that, but um, boy, I don't know. This, you can't. This, this was this like was something else. Nothing against Jared, <clears throat> but you can't. <laughs> it's almost like his character didn't even take himself seriously yeah. you, you know and i'm sure i know that there was a lot left on the cutting room floor for that movie and and you know it's not it's not a batman movie so we're not talking about that art yeah. and i'm not even sure if we're going to talk about batfleck or not but um yeah I, I would there's definitely no comparison between what happened with ledger's joker and and his i i mean he was over the top and he was you know you know what he was like Tommy Lee Jones has two face. That's what he was doing. Yeah. But he was taking himself more seriously than Tommy Lee Jones was. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. That's, that's interesting. That was the first time I thought of that. <laughs> I do think that, I mean, it's not one of my favorite movies of all time, but yeah. I will go back to this one many more times yeah. over, over the years. And the, the music is no small part yeah. of that. So Dark Knight is not you wouldn't consider Dark Knight one of one of like your all-time favorites necessarily. I don't yeah, I don't think so. Okay. But I fucking love it. Yeah. So maybe maybe I'm thinking about my favorite movies wrong? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I, No, not necessarily. Maybe I'm doing a bad job. But you know, the thing is too is like I think there's sentimental attachment with some of these movies that we call our favorites and especially yeah. Batman 89, but when this came out, I was basically convinced that this and the first Iron Man, Iron Man were like the best action oh, movies I'd ever yeah. seen in my life. First Iron Man was great. You know, I, I might revise that list now, but Dark Knight is, I mean, it, it would be right up there when I think about action films. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you're talking about action films in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd put it up there. That's hard, man, because I got a lot of action movies. And that's the thing. You almost need like a subcategory. Uh, comic for, book movies, for, maybe. Yeah. Well, not only that, but action movies that don't take themselves seriously. And then one for action movies that take themselves seriously. Or if you if you boil it down to decade, if yeah. you did top three action movies of the decade, yeah. this one would be up there sure. for the 2000s. Right. Yeah. Because what was this? This 2008. was 2008. Yep. Yeah. Man. So, like, how can you not just get immersed in this? know what besides those unnerving tones that you hear in there from time to time they do a great job of taking advantage of what they can do with the bass mm-hmm. and that's a big part of this yeah i think oh, yeah. because i don't think the earlier movies fully took advantage of that no. when it when it came to the to the score no, not at all, really. Yeah. I mean, that original score from Elfman was... Uh, na, 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 na. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it was there. The bottom end was there, but I think you're right. It delivers more in that regard, and I think adds a level of general darkness to the yeah. film and almost just sort of this 
threatening kind of menace, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, that, that really gave, I mean, it's, it's underrated, but I mean, it really gave those movies, the Nolan movies, that extra edge that they needed and, and just delivered every time. It was so good. So where are you at on the dark Knight rises? I mean, after the dark Knight, I felt like whatever they made after that was going to be a tough act to follow for me. Cause that I hold dark Knight in pretty high regard. Right. Um, I like dark Knight rises though. It was good. It, I think it is really good. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, I probably like it more than Batman begins too. Interesting. Yeah. I probably do like it more than that one. I, I, I was, I was skeptical about what I would think about the character Bane, but they did a pretty, pretty awesome job. Oh, did they? Yeah. I know. I know some people got caught up on the voice thing. I thought that was a little but weird. He but did great. I thought he was great. Uh, Tom, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy. Yeah. 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 And talk about a guy with, you know, chops for what it is that he does. Right. You know, he can he, venom. Yeah. Bane. Right. Fucking uh, Fury Road. Yeah. Right. You believe it. Yeah. You believe that guy. Yes. You believe that that guy could literally just beat the shit out of anyone. <laughs> yes. You know, so he's legitimately scary. That's why he's perfect as Bane. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. he can go toe to toe because if you think about like some of the villains from the past. Mm hmm. You know, Jim Carrey's not going to go toe-to-toe physically with Batman. Right. Jack Nicholson's not either. Um, and neither is Heath Ledger. But when you put Batman against someone that can physically fight someone him. Someone like me. Yeah, right. <laughs> physically fight him. That's a totally different... That's a I different, fucking love doing That's a different sport. thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a little... You know, I suppose that gets a little kind of goofy, really. And, and I think... But maybe, in the movie, it wasn't. It's yeah. it's people taking it after the fact. You're right. That got You're right. like it got to be okay. We get it. Yeah. You can do the thing. Right. But I do it the best. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> missed opportunity in the pandemic of 2020 2021. Um, the old COVID 19 as we remember it. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get the Bane mask to to go around and talk like this. Would have been amazing. I should have. Uh, nobody would have gotten tired of that. <laughs> I don't know if I like this more than when it comes just to the movie, not the music. I mean, the soundtrack is still great, but it's kind of playing off of the other movies. This one, I think, has more of the... I don't know what the fuck you would call it, but um, it's almost like the the booms in it that keep coming. Um, I I like that Mm -hmm. in this soundtrack. I, I don't know music terms. I suck at this. It's a great podcast to have when you don't know that stuff. I I I love that. Um, as far as the movie is concerned, I don't know if I like it better than Batman Begins. Okay, but part of that might be how I received Batman Begins because I hadn't really seen anything quite like it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but I did enjoy it. Um, I'm probably this one's probably also the one that I've watched the least. Yeah. So I I would be due for a rewatch. Yeah, same here. Of that. I would agree with that. Um Yeah, Batman Begins, you know, I don't want to short that movie because I think it was one of those that brought Batman back to a place that was really interesting and fun after we had maybe gone off the rails, you know? Yeah. So 
Uh, that one always holds a special place for me because of that. That's, uh, I mean, we've pretty much, pretty much done it. We right? don't, we don't have to talk about Batflick. I, I just, <laughs> I, you know, we, we don't have to. <laughs> I feel bad. Let's, let's just say this. And then Ben Affleck made a movie about Batman and we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically he made two, right? He was in Justice League. Yeah. Does that count though? Is that a Batman movie? It's not a Batman movie. It's hmm. just, yeah. And the other one's Batman v Superman. Right. So it's really not even a Batman movie either. I mean, not independently. Yeah. I, that is interesting that he wasn't the, the, how do, how do you, how do you phrase that? You know, he wasn't like, it wasn't a standalone film. Yeah. Right. Like that's it what was, it, would be. it was like if you had alien versus predator or something, right. It's like, you know, we're doing this just cause we want to see this specific thing. Yeah. He was there for that place in time, but those movies, I don't know. They're just, they're a step down, you know? And, I and think Nolan was a tough act to follow for anybody. Right. I agree. And he got, they like fucking Mr. Freezed fucking Ben Affleck. Like his suit was huge. Like I know he's a big guy, but he like fucking huge. It was too much. It was way too much. It looked way too but, big. But I mean, also we've kind of delved into an era where like a lot of the movies are pushing it too far. And I don't want to say anything about, bad about Avengers and the and the last two movies, um, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, but there's it's too much. Yeah, like and they just keep coming. They're like, oh, this is making money. Do another one. Of oh, course, do another one. And the disease of more. Yeah, yeah, that's that where is we're at. a problem. That's where we're at with with these uh, superhero movies. Well, this is a great way to end on an upper. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean but, to bring it down. But here. we have all the old great shit to look back on. And if you guys haven't watched Batman Forever and Batman and Robin in a long time, buckle up and go watch those, yeah. man. And then and then build your Batmobile, your 89 Batmobile <laughs> out of Legos, and watch that one with me as well. Because it's so good. Even the worst Batman movies aren't bad. They're still yeah. fun to watch. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's just comparatively, you know, we yeah. got we got our feelings about them. But yeah. Batman Robin's not bad. Go I'll, watch it. Also, we we are completely within our rights to be like back in my day. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't even know how long we've been talking, but this has been our Batman and their soundtracks episode of uh, Album Monitor. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you, Sam. This was Sam's idea. Well, so I, this was a great idea. I hope that people uh, will enjoy our indulgence and in letting us talk about movies, maybe a little bit more than we normally do. But we we worked in the music too. So. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. Uh, thanks, dude. And yeah, we will talk you. to you guys real soon. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.